expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. another Monday edition of Lifeline. Sunny weather here in California, especially in the Bay Area. Very happy about it. Very happy about it. And I do want to wish many of you mothers a late, happy late belated Mother's Day. Um, yesterday, you know, we celebrated our mothers and grandmothers and daughters and all y'all who are the beginning major beginning component of all of our lives in the world. And we're happy for you, happy to be able to identify you as mothers, happy to know that you are real women with real uteruses and real uh, reproductive organs and that are the main vehicle by which we are brought into this world. So yeah, happy, happy, happy belated Mother's Day. You do matter, you matter, you need to know it and nothing can change that biologically um, or theologically, sociologically for that matter as well. Um, just isn't it amazing that when we consider longstanding traditions such as Mother's Day or Father's Day, all of that is in flux today. When we think about marriage, I was just talking to my engineer about how May and June are uh, months where there is a proliferation of the longest standing institution on the planet called marriage taking place, including my own. And here we are, we are in a flux as to what that is, what it looks like, how substantial is marriage at the heterosexual um, level and how important it is that we understand what kind of threat we are under in terms of these universal norms. These are not just Western norms. These are not your white supremacist norms. These are universal norms. When we talk about how the Bible lays out the origin of creation and the origin of man within the scope of two chapters eloquently set forth by God of glory who created it all, and he made the male and female in the image of God created he them, um, and then he brought them together for the purpose of procreation and dominion over this world for God's glory. This is no small matter, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are in a very, very difficult transition, humanly wise, not that we haven't been here before. Uh, and, and on some substantial levels, we have. We've been in crazy periods of um, at least massive levels of, of reset, change, um, flux, difficulty. The Genesis 6 account would render a reset for us as we know it. The uh, flood of Noah's day was a reset. The Tower of Babel being knocked down was a reset. The children of Israel coming up out of Egypt was a major reset. The crucifixion of Christ for the whole world was a massive 2000 year reset. And here we are again going through uh, another major, major 
uh, toppling of structures and dismantling of norms and uh, restructuring of new ideas, albeit under some extremely precarious circumstances. I like in where we are to Isaiah 57, verse 20, where the prophet says the condition of our world is that the wicked are like the troubled sea where it cannot rest, it's tossed to and fro and it continues to be tossed to and fro. Um, there is no rest, if my Lord, for the wicked. That's Isaiah 57, 20 and 21. And this is where we are. We're in a state of restlessness and people are seriously wondering what's going on as the world and especially Americans who have the most remarkable case of amnesia in the world, I would say, are being, we're being funneled, as you know, this is 2023, we're being funneled into a vortex of, of one, once again, a myopic fixation on the next presidential election, which is what presidential elections are all about and are becoming kind of distractions from other very serious events and changes going on on the ground. You can already kind of hear the, the groundswell of, of uh, you know, who are going to be the candidates running against Joe Biden. And I would say to you, as important as that may be, these are actually, particularly today, major distractions, major, major distractions, as if a presidential election can save us from our present spiritual demise. Uh, America and much of the Christian world has gone apostate from God and uh, an hour being sold by our own government to a kind of global agenda that you all can see and you all feel and sense that presently looks like the destruction of nation states. Uh, in other words, goals 2000, agenda 21, as you've heard before, agenda 2030, all of these things are um, either mildly clear to you or obscure, obscurely uh, unknown to you, but things are happening in your world. The world is continually being reshaped geopolitically on mass. That is on mass into a, again, a kind of one world digital slave system of demoralized human beings. Human beings are being demoralized. And I don't mean demoralized like totally in a state of depression and anxiety. That is abounding too by all metrics, but I mean demoralized in the sense of losing any sense of morality. Human beings are losing a grounding in what constitutes morality. Uh, we are no longer uh, thriving to bear the resemblance of the Imago Dei. Uh, but some cartoonish expression of hyper-individualistic, unisexed, multi-sexed, anti-human sexualized, I would say animals. This is where we are. This is why your Bible warned us about not breaking the boundaries and breaking the hedge and engaging in these kind of uh, uncouth and unprincipled practices of sexual exploration, which all spells death of the species when you think about it. Um, I mean, what's going on today is just absolutely uh, remarkable. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, how do I put all of these categories together under a kind of central organizing principle? What would be a concept or a term that would help you make sense of all of the, the destruction, the loss of economic stability, 
the uh, losing of uh, rights, the um, again, the uh, erasing and demarcation of the uh, political lines geopolitically. What would uh, these crazy campaigns that have been going on? It's been going on way before uh, COVID, but certainly COVID was a major attempt at what one might say, what in the world is this? This one solution for one problem, which everybody's supposed to have, which would be solved by an injection. And everybody knows that that is not only scientific, non-scientific, it's irrational. Uh, you can never solve a problem by one methodology alone as if all human beings were the same. It's not possible. So w what is this about? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a word. It may sound wild to you, but when you think about World War One and World War Two, and you think about um, Mao Zedong and you think about uh, Mussolini, you think about Stalin, you think about Hitler, you think about the French Revolution, you think about the American Revolution, you think about um, the the major powers, economic powers, the, the longstanding ruling uh, money barons that were behind a lot of this because, you know, we've just entered into nation states the last couple of hundred years. Mostly it's been monarchies and totalitarian systems and uh, uh, aristocratic uh, powers of families governing our world. What What is, what's really going on? And this is going to be startling, but it's going to make sense like a second after I say it. It's eugenics. It's eugenics. Just put eugenics on top of all of these different campaigns, events, these, these propaganda agendas that you and I are dealing with. It's eugenics. And, and it may not be eugenics on the ground, because on the ground what's taking place is a kind of political movement where all of the different ethnic groups, all of the different socio- uh, um, socio-ethnic categories. And what I mean by socio-ethnic categories is, is all of this um, identity politics that have divided us, not only between men and women, but now all of the different sexual categories. And that's all by design because 95 to 98% of those sexual categories cannot proliferate. They cannot reproduce. So as much as you might want to fight for being this, that, or the other thing, you cannot contribute to the reproduction and population of the world. And that's exactly how they want it. They want you to depart from the fundamental thing that makes you called by God an image bearer of his glory and the capacity to procreate. They want you to, to take on the figment of imagination that you can be at the center of your identity, something other than a human-producing creature for the glory of God. This is why today we are bizarrely fighting against uh, the uh, trans community wanting to seed and groom and teach our little kids to be like them. Uh, now, the trans community, uh, you know, giving the, the, the quarantine that needs to be put around that behavior can do whatever they want to. But as soon as you get children adopting uh, transgender ideology, they too are moving now into the realm of a eugenics promoter. Because eugenics is all about population control. See what I'm getting at? This is about population control. They have already given us the stats since the last five years, the population has decreased. It significantly has decreased. And we are, we, 
at a certain point, you face real critical mass. China's already dealing with it because they had locked their, their families down to two children. So this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. A couple of really interesting stories I want to share with you. We're going to pay some bills. Uh, um, here's some news, and then we come back. We'll continue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, happens to be May 15th, 2023. May 15th, 2023. Let me give you the number so we can begin to have the conversation, answer your questions, engage in the relevant topics of the day, um, query into scripture and understand where God would have us to be, both in our thinking and our feeling and in our doing um, we should think his thoughts. We should feel his focus. We should engage our hands and feet in his will. This is what it means to live for the glory of God. one 367 one is the number if you want to give me a call. Uh, we will be having our final rules of engagement class uh, coming this Saturday, two outstanding weeks been absolutely enjoyable marriage in terms of privileges, problems, and promises. Um, and it just been really good. A lot of new people, a lot of young people, a lot of older people as well, but we've had a great time dealing with the fundamentals of marriage at the communication level. And uh, we're going to be pressing into um, biblical masculinity and biblical femininity. I think that those are extremely appropriate um, topics uh, relative to what it means to be a man, a woman, and how those two persons are to express themselves properly um, as uh, specific identity markers uh, uh, created in the Imago Day. What does it mean to, um, to have a masculinity that is appropriate, that is biblical, that is manly, and that is scripturally based? What is it to have a femininity that is appropriate, that is biblical, that is godly, that is feminine and uh, and biblically based. Um, these are extremely important characteristics. And the reason why is that how we express ourselves is an indication as to how confused we are, or clear we are on not only our uh, gender and identity as a male or female, but in terms of our roles before God. One of the things that makes the issues that I'm talking to you guys about right now in this um, intersectionality um, uh, identity politics deconstruction that's taking place in our world is that you don't see men as men and you don't see women as women because in this postmodern fantasy world of wokeness and um, everything supposedly being a social construct, you are seeing a complete removal of the norms, heterosexual norms, and this is being done at a hostile, hostile level. I mean, again, I'm going to be talking to uh, one of our beloved uh, at the end of the break on at the bottom of the hour uh, concerning a peaceful protest that took place at Las Positas uh, College this Saturday um, because uh, uh, another group of trans trans people are wanting to read these salacious, completely inappropriate uh, pornographic books, as well as uh, engage in uh, pornographic and uh, seductive 
uh, expressions themselves. None of this is appropriate. And yet here we are having to fight it. And we're fighting it because of what I said last week, drip, drip, drip. The incrementalism that destroys a culture when you laugh at it, when you play with it, when you watch it on TV, when you just let it absorb into your system and harden your heart. Whether you know it or not, it ends up having power over you. This is why God said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Where you and I don't see the evil for what it is, it sees your blindness and it will take hold of you. And this is why you and I are wildly in the throes of a real war. In fact, this is a revolution at the psychological level, sociological level, spiritual level. And, uh, and we, we think it's funny, we think it's cute, but actually it is almost the last draw before complete takeover is uh, uh, gonna occur. So what's going on today? You and I are in a massive campaign of eugenics. You've been watching for decades, even centuries, how um, a total change of demographics of Western countries is taking place. Here are several markers. Here are several metrics by which you can know what I'm saying is not just mere alarmist. Massive and illegal influx of people from all over the world are now in our country. People largely displaced by war, war-torn homes in their own countries, and they are privately shipped, um, airported by every means you can imagine, planes, trains, and ships to different countries in order to change the political and demographic landscape. Everywhere you go, almost every state in the union, you have all sorts of different ethnic groups here. And ladies and gentlemen, they did not come through our borders. They did not come with passports. And may I say to you, this is happening everywhere in the world. It's turning the world upside down. Why? Because this is, secondly, the destabilization of our countries and our states. Bought and paid for. These are what we would call um, paid for, brought in protesters, people who are paid to create mayhem, create major internal conflicts in our cities to change the political landscape. Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter, and every other kind of woke adjutant are homegrown. But what these people are, are people that are shipped in, brought in from different, different nations, whether it's Muslim nations or African nations or Asian nations, which largely is Muslim and Asian, have been used strategically to change the demographics of cities in France and Europe and England and, and uh, Canada and uh, Australia, as well as in the United States. And this is by design. This is in order to weaken our national identity, to weaken who we are as a people. Now, granted, that's one element taking place. Another element taking place that's taking place while all of that's going on in the ground is the massive transformation, transformation of our culture ethically, morally, and spiritually, educationally, academically, and, uh, and, and, and all of this is happening at the same time. What I mean by that is we're becoming poorer and dumber, less discerning, and therefore demoralized in the sense that we don't even see the threat right in front of us. And it shows up during uh, the time of politics 
when we're voting for ma uh, major, major issues that we need to be platformed in order to stave off this kind of deterioration of our culture and our world. That's where we are today. We are seeing a transformation right in front of our faces, and we're not quite sure to, to what to do with this. This is taking place again by the power of our government. Imagine fighting to stop trans porn promotion to children in the open, in the classroom. Imagine how far we've gone. And this is yet another strategy for what is called in the Marxist theory, conflict theory, conflict theory. Conflict is given, uh, promoted, it is propagandized. We are divided into different camps and we end up in knee-jerk reactions uh, out of uh, a survival mechanism to go to war with one another. The distraction, the divide and conquer, hate them over there, them hating you, because you can hear it um, in the speeches of even the trans porn people. Just because we disagree with you does not mean we hate you. But see, that's all part of the propaganda to keep you fighting. And, uh, and oh, while that is going on, uh, and it's all part of a management process strategy. This is how you control the masses to keep the populace from seeing what's going on with the economy. Global alliance movements, the infiltration of world economic forum practitioners, obtaining levers of power strategically in our, um, in our politics, in our business, in our academics to control the masses. And finally, another destabilizing event is on the way. Um, you'll be hearing dog whistles about another pandemic in a minute, and it's going to be telling you you need to run back into the house and put your mask on. This is the drip, drip process of population control by the fast death of pharmaceutical drugs and the slow process death of anxiety and depression through constant conflict given to us by propaganda and chaos. That's where we are today, and you need to wake up to it. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I do have to take a break, pay some reels. I think I got two lines open, one 888 We're going to be talking about this bizarre thing with uh, Elon Musk in a moment and another World Economic Forum uh, uh, female that becomes the CEO of Twitter, what that's going to look like in terms of what we already know has been a global censorship project to stop truth from being communicated. You see where we are. You see where we're going. Um, strange things are taking place in your world today, and you and I need to open our eyes to it, because at a certain point, you won't be able to speak up. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. A woman shall not lie down with an animal. That's called bestiality. You shall not take your children and offer them to Moloch. That is what's going on with our abortion uh, slaughterhouse. And to sexualize our little kids is what was prominent in Jesus' day and before in the Roman Empire, Greek culture, and almost every culture that never ever came to a knowledge of the true and the living God in Yahweh um, have always sacrificed the children for their sexual pleasures. We are returning again to the Canaanite culture. And if our world doesn't pick up on this, the only thing we can expect is God's judgment to increase. So we got to have the conversation. We got to talk mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. We got to share this truth. And we got to protect our kids, Rob. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I don't mean to, I, I kind of half agree with you. I did catch your opening monologue on eugenics. 
I don't necessarily concur with you that they're using eugenics to control the number of people around, but I do agree with you that they are absolutely using it to control the type of people they want around uh, no, with 100% can, uh, in accordance with what, exactly what you just said. No, you, and I agree, I agree that you are nuancing, but it's not an either or. This is a both end. You cannot, you cannot uh, have a, a superior group of people without bleeding down and reducing humanity. So if you and I were to have an extended conversation about you know, who it is within the eugenics community that is seeking to preserve their own ostensive superior race, uh, mm. and we could have that conversation, what we would have to know is that in order to manage that, you have to reduce the population. You have to, and, and that's called the law of attrition. So I would encourage you to you know flesh that out. But that's what I'm seeing going on. I think at some point you'll be able to pick up on that as well because why would people want to destroy anybody other than for the personal preservation of themselves, if you know what I mean? I do. I mean, I can't disagree with you on, on definitely population trends right now, considering this topic of essentially turning people away from just natural pro, uh, natural yes. for creating more people and as well as the abortion topic and just yeah. the sacrifice that's going on or just sacrificing children to their own existence, really. Um, no, I, I like I said, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, you know, I, and, yeah. But yeah, it, you, you, you're absolutely proving yourself right there. You're, you're right. They, they are attempting to make this a conversation about, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it feels good, so how can it be wrong? But yet, right. you're right, they're just kind of dismissing the whole notion of, well, wait a minute, this is what God designed us to do. Or, yeah. or if you want to take it to them on a more personal level, if you want to admit, I mean, I'm not suggesting to admit God, but if you want to tailor the argument to, well, didn't nature design us to, uh, to, pro, to, to reproduce, to create children, you know, whatever the conversation is comfortable with, I, of course, side with you and say, no, God designed us to do this. Why are you, what, to what good are you doing uh, trying to con con convince us that the opposite is true and a man should lie with a man or a woman should lie with a woman or, or mutilate themselves so they can't reproduce, so that, to make them sterile? Yeah, no, I, I like remarkable. I said, I, I, I do agree with you on that aspect, absolutely. No, that's good. No, no, remarkable. We're going to be having this conversation uh, more because if you've ever listened to me, I, I'm often in front of the main narrative because I do so much research and I know where we're going. We're going to the mainstream that is running all of this because they have a they have a worldview of wanting to be a superior community over a slave status of people. <clears throat> that's that just makes sense as a, a worldview. We know that you know the powerful have always wanted to dominate it, the less powerful, and that's what we're looking at here. Listen, thanks, Rob. You got a you got a good head on your shoulders. Gotta take a break, pay some bills. Way overdue. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Two lines open if you want to join the conversation on the Monday edition of Lifeline with your host, Jesse Gistan. 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. It's Exodus chapter 2. That's all you have to do is go to Exodus chapter 2 because your Bible actually lays out models. It's like Exodus 1. It, it lays out models of how the world behaves. There's nothing new going on. Uh, except its um, advancement in technology. And, and we're going to even be explaining here shortly, not on this program, but in time to come, how that artificial intelligence is simply a manifestation of the beast system. I'll be explaining that in the near future as well. Um, but in Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter 1, it was the children of Israel in the days of the Pharaoh that did not know 
Joseph, who was afraid of the growth of the children of Israel. And so he put out a campaign of, of, of a genocide to wipe them out because he was afraid that they were going to <clears throat> grow in number so large that they would join the enemies of the Egyptians and according to the literal text, set themselves free. Now, whenever you have ruling powers in the world like we have, they always think they have a right to dictate the parameters of our existence. They're always dealing with numbers. The Babylonians dealt with numbers. The Medo-Persians dealt with numbers. The, uh, the Grecians dealt with numbers. The Roman Empire dealt with numbers. It is the nature of the birth of Christ, the, the um, <clears throat> incarnation of Christ in the book of Luke, where um, the Roman Empire is doing census. Why? Because people are numbers. People are consumer items for countries to use and then to discard. And whenever, whenever there's too many people in a nation, as the elite would surmise, guess what they want to do? Curtail groups of people. I can tell you, I've been going for a long time. They've been trying to do that to the African nations forever. And particularly Big Pharma, along with Bill Gates and others, have been trying to destroy the African community through pharmaceuticals for many, many decades. You guys already know this. And the notion that eight to 10 billion people are way too many people on the planet, as Bill Gates has explicitly stated, is the height of arrogance asserting that you know what can bring about a catastrophic uh, imbalance in terms of our ecosystem uh, societally. How arrogant are the elite to make that assertion and then to go on a campaign of such uh, maniacal and, and diabolical levels as to want to manage us out of existence by all of the means we're talking about now, whether it be abortion, whether it be drugs, whether it be war, the, the law of attrition and war has always played a role in wiping out people groups. Please understand we are in a spiritual war. I am talking about the four horsemen, at least three of them, of the apocalypse. All right, let's go to line number, let's see here, we'll, we'll go to line number Three and talk with Leslie from San Francisco, then we'll catch Ken on line one. Leslie, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can. Okay, thank you, Pastor Jesse. Um, yes. I'm following up on a topic you discussed several <laughs> weeks ago, that in our government, we need more people that are competent, that are there for the right reasons. Uh, they're not beholden to special interest groups, and they answer to God and not to a government and not to a political party. So uh, Tom Wong, who is a candidate for supervisor in Alameda County, and I, we are having a meeting this Thursday for people that are would like to explore whether they are they can be a candidate for public office in the 2024 elections, as well as people that are interested in supporting candidates. So we'll talk about things such as, are you a good fit for a candidate? What does it take to be a candidate? And what are the offices that are up for election in 2024? So what it sounds like you're doing, yeah. you guys are doing, is um, trying to help American citizens, uh, particularly California citizens, be more responsible, be more participatory in our union, as our founding fathers said we should be, because 
we need to be able to cycle out uh, longstanding politicians who have the wrong motive for the good of our people. Um, and you guys are doing uh, a kind of clinic or farm or um, a training session. I think that's what you're calling it. Um, can you tell me, Leslie, where that will be and what time it will be? Yes, it's this Thursday, May 18th mm -hmm. at the San Leandro Public Library in the trustees room. And that address is 300 Estudio uh, Avenue. And it's at 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. 6 to 8 p.m. Yeah. 6 to 8 p.m. at the San Leandro Library. That sounds really interesting. And you guys are going to be hopefully drawing enough. Will this be a one-time event or will you guys be doing this uh, repeatedly? Well, we're, we're going to be doing it uh, <laughs> regularly because we, if, if more people don't run that are uh, conservative and uh, of faith, nothing's going to change. I agree. I agree. And so this one will be this uh, this Thursday at three at uh, yeah. at six to eight p.m. at the San Leandro Library. That's off Estadillo. I know where that one is. Is there a name for this gathering, or do you have a, like a, uh, oh, a, yes. a title? We're calling it a yeah. We're calling it a star search. Got it. We're talking and about a star have, search. Yes. On, if you Leslie. can't make it. Um, our email is info at Tom Wong, that's T-O-M-W-O-N-G-U-S-A.com. And we'll keep you in touch with when the next one, next meeting is, or we'll just meet with you uh, separately. Yes, I'm sure that people, some of those people got that. Do me a favor and email that information to me as well. That sounds like a great okay. uh, public service event. I sure am going to be praying for a lot of people to come out and hopefully we can get some traction on that because you're right, Leslie, historically, that's the only way that we have ever turned um, <clears throat> turned a political condition around. And and the um, unfortunately, uh, the um, the longtime leaders of our, our state, these uh, career politicians expect the people on the ground not to get involved. And as long as you don't get involved, then nothing has to change. Nothing has to change. Exactly. You're so absolutely right about that. So we're gonna pray to that end and hope you guys have a great, great turnout. And um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll look forward to being uh, somewhat of a, a help for that. Hope this program would do that. Thank you for the call, Leslie. Thank you, Let's Pastor move. Jesse. All right, blessings. We're gonna take a break. I got three lines open. <clears throat> One triple eight three six seven. And we're not, we're not advocating what you should be. Um, in, in these meetings. You can be whatever you want to, but you're going to have to be good. You're going to have to be right. You're going to have to be uh, competent and capable and able. That's, though, you know, I don't care what position it is. You can be a dog catcher for the city. You still got to be a righteous dog catcher. You got to be a righteous, you know, garbage collector. You got to be a righteous uh, uh, grocery store clerk. We've got to do better uh, we've got to do better. Otherwise, we will give artificial intelligence every right to take over because we're too stupid and too ignorant and too indifferent to care about each other um, at the level of thriving in our lives. So, 
I'll try to repeat some of that information. Going to take a break. Three lines open. one 367 Let's talk about it. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time is 6.36. <clears throat> Two more segments to go. one 367 one 367 If you want to join us in the conversation, love to have you. one 367 You're listening to your host, Jesse Gistan. Let's go to line one and talk with Ken from San Jose. Ken, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, uh, Pastor Gistan. So um, related to your uh, mention of eugenics um, in your monologue, I was uh, was, I wanted to bring up uh, a very important um, presentation we saw this weekend at Calvary Church where we has, where um, Dr. Naomi Wolf took advantage of the of the court-ordered um, documents released by Pfizer in, in the tens of thousands, which showed that they proved that they knew the tremendous adverse effects of the vaccine soon after it was rolled out, especially the effects on women. And uh, she called it a 360-degree a focus on human reproduction so that for example the, the uh, lipid nanoparticles which are industrial fat coated in petroleum which are part of the vaccine they transverse every membrane including the placenta including the membranes of the of the uh, female reproductive system such that it's affected you know that uh, they've covered it up of course as best they could but still you uh the uh, vaccine adverse effects are according to the system has shown that 70, 74% of the reportings were uh, about women having adverse effects and uh, showed that, uh, you know, they, they, the important thing was that um, they knew about it and, and, and lied about it and covered it up, especially this woman, Rachel Walensky, who was forced to resign, I think, by the, by the, by the heroic efforts of Dr. Naomi Wolf. I don't have the website, but you could Google her. And she, you know, presented a, um, you know, proof of this tremendous um, uh, impact of this. She called it the greatest, um, the greatest crime against humanity ever committed. Naomi Wolf is one of my patron heroes in this whole battle that we've been fighting for the last three years. Ken, as you know, you know, we've been on point on that here um, yeah. for, for myself. Uh, Naomi was one of the early. Uh, whistleblowers when she got the data and she understood the correlation of things that I'm talking about now. She understood that what we're dealing with is population control. Uh, she understood the hint of it in terms of eugenics as well because population control, control anywhere around the world is rooted in a false assumption that one group of people is better than the other and they have a right to annihilate them. And once she saw the data that, as you are rightly asserting, Pfizer already knew it. They already knew it, as did AstraZeneca and, and Moderna as well. They knew in their pretrial uh, stages that these uh, jabs were not vaccines and that the, uh, the lipid nanoparticles are intrinsically toxic. And, um, and they knew the impact upon women's reproductive organs. This is where Dr. Michael Yeadon, also who is an ex Pfizer executive blew the whistle and said, hey, this will this will greatly curtail not only women's health, but the production of children. This is why I said earlier, we have already had a, a, a massive scale down of, uh, of births, not only in America, but around the world because of this jab. 
and uh, grotesque manifestations of hemorrhaging and and uh, deformalities and and all kinds of other things emerging because of this experimentation. It is monstrous what has gone on, and it continues to happen as as you stated. Um, this is not new for many of us. And again, I, you know, Naomi Wolf is is just brilliant. She's very thoughtful, very very sound in her her analysis. She was she did a great presentation, Ken, with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson about three weeks ago with a book that she just brought out, she just published as well, um, seeking to warn the public about what's going on. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna try to catch up with her through the value, Values Advocacy um, uh, Group uh, w- uh, website. Hopefully I can catch that presentation that you guys did over at Calvary uh, this, this last Saturday. Um, and, you know, we gotta keep up the good work. We gotta keep pressing in. Uh, we only lose when we don't stand. If we stand, we win. If we speak, we certainly win. And uh, and more and more power to her. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. Okay, that's right. Sure, um, I, I totally agree. And um, it is on the we listen to it on the website, so it's there. You know the uh, presentation, and um, it's I don't know what I can say. Just uh, you know the the depth of it and the and the power of it is something we've got to publicize and get into people's heads because they're brainwashed. Right. Now, what's going to happen, just because I got three minutes before the break, so I'll just use you as a uh, sounding board, Um, because I'm looking at this not only from a prophetic standpoint, because I've been warning us about many things for the last 20 years since 9-11, apostasy in the church, departure from the truth, um, a nation being sold out to global interests, goals 2000 goals, Agenda 21. We've been talking about these things. We've been talking about the Council for Foreign Relations. They are a big element in structuring uh, geopolitical um, agendas. Um, Now the World Economic Forum, uh, the major pharmaceutical industries and their billions and billions of dollars in lawsuits after they have destroyed the lives of men and women. One one is uh, loss for words when you think about how obvious it is if you just do a FOIA act, uh, you know, Freedom of Information Act and go and see how many people these pharmaceuticals have injured with their their drugs as well as with the uh, vaccines. One day we're going to end up having the real conversation about what is the most patent propaganda lie that dominates the medical industry. The most patent propaganda lie that dominates the medical industry, Ken, is that vaccines are safe and effective. That is the most patent propaganda lie dominating the medical industry. And most doctors don't even know that they're perpetuating a lie. And, and um, Naomi, will she will affirm this, as will all of the other good doctors, um, uh, Simone Gold, um, Pierre Corey, all of those guys, Peter McCullough, Dr. Malone, but particularly the ones that have been wrestling with the regulatory agencies, Dr. Kiriati, uh, Budachara, all of those guys know that behind the scenes, the regulatory agencies have controlled the medical industry at the level of big pharma because it's a prostitution for money and they get to write up all of the trials and they grant bogus trials, trials that are gained, trials that are modified, trials that are distorted. The reason why 
uh, Rochelle Walensky is leaving is because she knew the data that she had was faulty in relationship to the stuff she was saying publicly to the media. She knew the data was flawed. She knew the data could not prove that the jabs were safe nor effective. The data was not developed that way. It was only developed to give some kind of mild relief. And we don't even believe that that it, that it did that. We believe that it has done more harm than good. And until we have that conversation across the nation uh, at the highest levels of government, people are gonna still think that they have a right uh, that they that it's a good thing to line up and get the get the jabs. And in reality, we are creating more problems for ourselves than we ever have by um, by by vaccination. America is the leading country suffering the most from medical malfeasance and medical injury, especially in relationship to the vaccines. And uh, our media is complicit in this lie, and they need to be held accountable as well. Listen, man, thank you for the call. Got to take a hard break. All the lines are open. one 367 5329 All the lines are open. If you don't call, I'll just talk to you about what you don't know for the next 10 minutes until this program closes off. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are. We've got about eight minutes in our segment. I do want to say before I go to Catherine, um, that we will be having one more rules of engagement marriage class. You guys are welcome to join us. Um, we're gonna have a great turnout. We're gonna have a great time talking about biblical masculinity and uh, biblical femininity, um, how we express ourselves in relationship to everyone, especially in the context of marriage. It's critical that we know how to be men and how to be women and what characteristics are dominantly masculine and dominantly feminine and what characteristics we share are, are going to be critical and, and what that means at the emotional level. Because when we're talking about masculine feminine, we are talking about regulating and managing our emotions. If you and I can be traumatized to have unregulated emotions, we can find ourselves being masculine when we should be feminine and being feminine when we should be masculine. And I really do believe that this conversation is at the heart of why so much is going on in terms of uh, gender dysphoria. But come check us out. It's this Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Rules of Engagement number, our third class. Let's go to Catherine from San Jose on line number one. Catherine, are you there? Hello, um, Pastor Jesse. Um, I don't want to take away from the conversation that you're having about uh, this this plan that they that the elites have have had for us, but could you explain um, what Matthew twenty four forty means by when it says then shoot then two shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Where right. where are these people taken to, and and is that the rapture? Or no. Not. Yes. Great question. No, it's not the rapture. Uh, that's <clears throat> that. That unfortunately, that is not the rapture. What what Jesus is talking about in that text was fulfilled in AD seventy, when the Roman Empire came in, as he said, and utterly just devastated Israel and destroyed the temple and demolished it, as Josephus and Tacitus 
and others have explicitly laid out. And what Jesus was saying in Matthew 24, which is a warning to all of us about the suddenness of judgment, the suddenness of judgment. The idea of taken means that you got caught in the judgment. Like the proverb says, the wicked are like fish that are taken in an evil net at a time that they know not. Taken is not where, but, but how. They were taken in judgment. Do you know this? Because the others were left, meaning that when, uh, ta- when, uh, when Vespasian sent his son Titus to destroy Jerusalem, they didn't completely wipe them out. They left some to be slaves uh, in the land of Jerusalem, as was the case with the Babylonians when they came into Israel 589 BC, 601 BC, and ultimately destroyed Jerusalem in 587, 586 BC. They wiped them out, deported many of the Judites, but left some of them to the land. Here, taken means that they were killed they were slaughtered in the judgment. This has nothing to do with the rapture. The rapture uh, concept does not take place in Matthew 24. It takes place in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 17 and following. So when we understand taken here, this is why when the disciples said, where, Lord? Jesus says, wheresoever the eagles are gathered, there will the carcass be. That's the way that Jesus actually sums up that warning in the text, wheresoever the eagles are gathered. And the eagles in that context, that's verse 28, is referring to the Roman Empire. This was the ensign on their banners as they marched in by their legions of soldiers into a city to destroy it. You would see the banner of the Roman Empire's for wheresoever the carcass is, that is the dead bodies, there will the eagles be gathered. So some people who rejected Jesus's warning were taken in the judgment. Like in the days of Noah, when Noah told the people for over a hundred years, the judgment is coming. They were taken in the judgment and destroyed. Noah and his eight souls were covered in the ark. They were left. And after a whole year, of uh, the flood, they came out of the ark and repopulated the earth. So in this context, taken means taken in judgment. The the carcasses is a metaphor for the overwhelming slaughter of your adversaries in war, which is what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 19 will happen when he returns again and destroys every nation that opposes him, when he returns in power and glory to set the matters straight as our world comes towards an end. So sadly, um, Tim LaHaye and others with the late great, uh, with with the Left Behind series have asserted that this is what that text means. It does not mean that. First Thessalonians chapter four, around verse 17 or so, um, the Lord shall descend with the voice of the archangel uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first and they that are alive and remain shall be caught up. Harpezo is the Greek term in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The harpezo is the snatching up, the taking up. That's not the term there in Matthew 24. That is not the Greek term harpezo. Harpezo is used in Acts chapter 8 concerning uh, Stephen, after he pre Philip rather, after he preached to the Ethiopian eunuch, he was taken up by the spirit and was found in uh, in another region. Uh, the term is used 
Again, like I stated for um, Paul being caught up to the third heavens, Harpazo, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Harpazo is not used in Matthew 24. That language is about being caught in the net of a judgment because they didn't listen to Jesus when he says, when you see the abomination that make it desolate, standing in the temple, flee to the mountains. And many Jews disregarded the prophecy, but many Christians heeded the prophecy and they fled to Pella, which was several miles away, and they escaped the judgment to live to tell it another day. <clears throat> For us, the application is this. Any given day, you and I can be taken in the judgment for it is appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. And every day, some groups of people are taken in some kind of catastrophe or another. People are taken in war, they're taken in sickness. And to be taken simply means that you are not ready when that judgment comes. If a man or a woman is a true believer in Christ, they can't be taken in judgment. That is to say the final damnation because Christ paid for our judgment. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believes on him that sent me shall have everlasting life and will never come into judgment. Humanity will be taken in the net of judgment and will have to stand before the great white throne of Revelation chapter 20, verse uh, 12 through 15. But the believer won't. The believer will sit in judgment with Jesus to Christ and rule over the world when he returns uh, and, and rule over angels and devils and, and judge men, as the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians. So we won't be taken if we believe. But if we don't believe, you and I have no idea when that time may come. And, uh, and that's what Jesus was warning as a good shepherd. He was letting them know to understand the signs of the times. And we've got some dark days you and I are living in as well. There's no doubt about it. We're living in some dark days, but you don't have to worry about some kind of secret rapture. All that's phony. That's not theologically sound at all. When Jesus comes, he's coming like the lightning from the east to the west. And everybody knows when lightning shows up. That's not a secret thing. If you and I want to be secure, let us trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us rest in his grace. Let us live soberly and righteously in this present world. Let us be circumspect for the days are evil and uh, he will protect us and keep us from falling and present us before the presence of his glory. He certainly will <clears throat> and we're glad about it. Lord, just give us grace to tell the truth. Live for your honor. Exalt Jesus as the only way, the truth, and the life. Until next time, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.